Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, welcome, folks. We're glad that you could join us today. Here we are once again on our way talking about leaders, leadership, culture, all the stuff that makes everything important, that makes everything either wonderful at work or not so much. This is Michael and Rich here with uh, leadership. We do leadership stuff here. Mainline executive coaching is what we do. ACT, ACT, Leaders Act. We're going to be talking about some really interesting things today about leaders acting and how they act, how they can act in ways that really benefit them and benefit the team and therefore make the objective really possible and achievable and all that kind of stuff or how they can blow it up. It's this idea of driving for results. Can he work in a way for you or can work in a way against you? So here we go. Buckle up. We've got John with us today. John Bird. Glad to have you back, my friend. Yes. Great. So Thank you. Thank you for having me. Do, do, uh, do your, you know, do the elevator speech here for you. Get some <laughs> okay. kind of flavor again about who you are. Let's do that. And then let's jump into the matter. All right. Certainly, certainly. Well, I'm an executive leadership coach. Um, been in management consulting most of my career. I've been partner with uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers and also spent 18 years in the management consulting business for IBM, mostly in the industrial sector. But along the way, I've had the opportunity to um, work with a number of leaders and and coach a number of great uh, great people and and help them to uh, further their careers. So I'm kind of pivoting now and, and, and doing the coaching full time and really enjoying it. I guess it's got to give you an interesting perspective of being, you know, in the middle of things and then at the same time being able to step away and take a look at from that outside the fish tank kind of point of view. Would you say that's true? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've definitely been in the hot seat myself with regard to driving for results in the past. So it um, gives me an interesting perspective when I'm working with somebody who's uh, uh, got those deadlines or the targets or whatever they're trying to reach. OK, good. So now you're really telling us telling us the value of who you are, what it is that you can bring to a company and your abilities to do the executive coaching stuff. So let's start taking a look at this. What is it that we're talking about in terms of driving to results? And sometimes it works, sometimes maybe not so much. Well, you know, I tell you, uh, Michael, with driving for results, I, I think it's one of the key competencies for every leader. You know, you probably wouldn't be a leader if you if you weren't driving for results. We're, we're very outcomes driven, um, as you know, in most organizations, everybody's looking for the bottom line. What are you producing? What are you able to achieve? Uh, so, so I think most leaders are uh, in that mode. I, I think that there there can can come a point though when you can, you know, derail with regard to your driver driving for results, and that that could potentially be when your your ego gets overinflated or you wind up 
of becoming insensitive and per- perhaps stepping on people in order to achieve what it is, whatever goal or outcome you're looking to achieve. Well, okay, good. That's, that's good. Thank you for setting the table. Rich, I know you got some ideas on this. Start doing that from your point of view. Well, I think we've talked about it um, before. I think it's a lot of the difference between being uh, uh, pragmatic and practical. You know, really driving too hard for those results, regardless of the cost. And, you know, there's a lot of examples out there nowadays and uh, examples of, of leaders at, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos, for one. He's a, he's a pragmatist, drives real hard for results and expects everybody around him to be the same way. And, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want about Amazon. They're very successful, but, you know, they have a very high turnover as well. It's true. Yeah, I'd probably add to that, Michael. You have, you know, we have scores of, of you know, examples of people who are driving for results and it winds up going you know, almost to the immoral or the illegal uh, type of aspects with business. You know, when 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 leaders, you think about the leaders from Wells Fargo recently, right? They were oh, yeah. uh, pushing all of their employees basically to up the up the ante on their on their customers, opening up fake accounts, things like that, to push the boundaries, right? So so for a leader, it's very important that you're able to be very cognizant of of where you are as a leader and the driving for results. Are you, you know, where are you related to the people? Are you present with the people? Are you are you connected to the data um, that uh, we talked about a little bit earlier? There are a couple of movies that come to my mind, war movies, that, that are great examples of this toxic leadership that you're talking about versus the healthy leadership. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Wonderful movie about a toxic general. or He's one of the characters in there who mm-hmm. just freaking doesn't care about his soldiers. It's, it's, it's an incredible part of the story of what goes on there. And then you've got General Patton. This guy is a bull. He drives and he drives hard and he drives to win. And yet, and they can't quite figure this out. Why are his men so loyal to this guy that that they'll just follow him anywhere? And there's that interesting connection. And so if you're a driver, what, what I'd suggest to think of it this way, there's you. You are the driver. Then there's your people over here. Right. And then there's the data from which you operate. You know, if you're that toxic leader you're probably going to have a tendency not to connect so much with your your people as you are as to look at the data and then and then when you go with the data and it's kind of like your people are an afterthought where does that take us john if, if they're thinking data first people second or, or somewhere down the line what happens well you know i think that you can get wrapped up in in the data right and and, and it is certainly is important but it, and i think you need to do both uh in parallel if you will you need to be present for the people. You need to be sensitive to where the folks are at um, in terms of the, the mood of the team, you know, where people are at with regard to the, the strengths and weaknesses. You know, you need to be able to connect with them. I always used to, you know, I love this this quote from, uh, I think it's Theodore Roosevelt, says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I do think that um, individual contributors go through that process of, of first thinking about their leader as to whether or not that leader can help them. Right. And then they probably pivot to, does this person care about me? Right. You know, and, and then, you know, it, does this person, is this a person, somebody I can trust? Right. So they're constantly going through that process with a leader in every step that you, you take. So if you may be absolutely dead on with regard to the data, the data may point you in a particular direction. But if you haven't connected back to the people and, and are able to bring them along with you, Right. You know, you're going to wind up running over some people. And that's that's when the, the, the team dynamics suffer. 
It's it's a real interesting dynamic. And I want to talk to Rich because I know you've got a lot of experience in this, Rich, in that employees, it's a funny thing. They really do want to know if a leader cares. They really want to know that. And in some ways, yeah. they don't necessarily care about the leader, but they want to know that the leader cares. But the leader wants loyalty. So you got to ask yourself, you know, is it the chicken or the egg, right? That's kind of the right. thing. And if it's with leaders, by definition, it has to start with you, right? It has to start with you. Therefore, you know, the culture stuff. So you, you know, what, what you've done in the past with manufacturing, how did you do that? How did you manage the people and the data and coordinating that? Because you're a driver. How did you do it to drive the results? And you had spectacular results. You have to be cognizant of their wishes, their what they want to, uh, you know, what they want to contribute to the team and allow them to contribute. That's very important. You've got to set the vision. You've got to set the, the the mission of the organization. But at the same time, you've got to allow others to be part of that. There's some really telltale signs. I think if if you look at, and I, I apologize, I have a puppy here, and you might be able to hear in the background. But um, one of the things that you've got to really look at is uh, there's there's a couple key indicators. If you walk into a room and everybody shuts up. You know, they all of a sudden becomes quiet. You know, that's a very big indication that it's not that they're talking about you, but there's, you know, could be some fear, you know, there. There's other indications. Uh, if you're giving someone uh, some feedback, for example, okay, uh, and every every leader has to give at uh, one point in their career, another is going to be giving, you know, some tough feedback to somebody, maybe even, you know, some, some, um, constructive criticism, if you will. But that feedback should be a two-way communication. If the other person's not talking or if they're just yeah. gone quiet or, you know, in a, in a stupor, that's probably a very good indication that uh, yeah, you've crossed the line. There's a very fine line between constructive criticism and being too critical uh, of somebody. You know, another thing too is in a meeting, uh, if you're talking as, as a team leader or whatever, more than half of the time, you know, that's a pretty good indication. If you stop talking and then it's just crickets in the room and no one responds, pretty good indication you're, you're driving too hard and no, one's, no one understands what you're doing. Uh, but you have to allow people their space. You have to allow people their time uh, to shine, if you will. And that's how you get buy-in. You know, that's how you get buy-in. And not only that, supporting their ideas. If it's a great idea, support it, run with it, and see what happens. That's yeah. good. That's good stuff. What would you do if if we could bring this down, sort of a little bit of abstraction we've been talking about, uh, Rich has made it a little bit more concrete. If you were to, John, go in and do like a, a, a walk around for a day, with a leader, right? We, we do that kind of stuff. That's a possible thing that we do, one of our services. And you were saying that there were some problems in the culture in terms of that leader connecting with direct reports or even indirect report kind of people. What would you start looking for and start saying, here's the things that you may want to start changing in how you are working with your people? I mean, could you give us some like concrete, you might do this, you might do that? Yeah, no, good, good question, Michael. And I'm going to kind of probably draw on some things that Rich just mentioned. I, I do believe that one of the things I would look for is, you know, is is this leader present and are they are they um you know 
demonstrating active listening with their team when they're when they're in the room. If they walk into the room and it's quiet and they just jump right into it and they don't they don't consider the fact that they walked in and everybody just shut up, right? Um, and, and they just plow through it, right? They're not, they're not, uh, you know, they're not being present. They're not, they're not you know, doing active listening that they need to do to recognize that there's potentially a, a problem going on. Second thing I would say is, you know, to make sure that they're, they're practicing that vulnerability, right? That looking for feedback in terms of how they're coming across, right? Uh, longer projects, you know, you, 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 you have multiple situations where you can either, either reinforce the message that you're a dominant you know, driver results leader, or you're a compassionate leader, and you can ask for the feedback. You can be vulnerable to recognize you don't have all the answers. You're, you, you know, you're going to be looking for the team to contribute in that. And then I think that thirdly, the most important one I I found a, as a leader is to make sure that the focus is on the cause other than myself. It's not about m- me as the leader, uh, you know, being successful and and making a deadline or or, or implementing something. It's a matter that we're doing this for the the company. It's a goal or a a duty mindset, something outside of ourselves that we can all get on board and we can all get inspired and commit to. So if if the if the employees, the individual contributors all think that that it's only about me and it's and and I'm trying to get the glory and the fame, um, they're not going to follow me. They're not going to be committed to the cause. That's right. If if we if we can communicate as leaders that we are the company. We are what makes it work together, back and forth, that kind of a thing. I, I think there's a couple of things that you said in there that I think are really worth uh, just examining. And let's explore this also with Rich here at the time that we have. Um, we've got about five minutes here. Uh, Rich, the, the ability not only to ask questions, but to ask insightful, incisive, and even difficult questions, not in terms of just accountability, but in terms of what's going on with me as the leader that I may not be seeing, that I may not be getting, that I may be making mistakes here. That requires a tremendous amount of courage to put yourself in that place of being present. John, that's what you talk about, being present in that place of let me hear that. And then and not always having to hear that I'm right, that I'm wonderful and all that kind of groovy stuff. But, you know, let me hear what it is that you're not... If you told me everything that you had to tell me, tell me what you're not telling me. Help us unpack that a little bit, Rich. Having, like like John was saying, being vulnerable, being courageous, and that takes time. It takes time. It's not something that's going to happen overnight, but you've got to be able to um, open up and listen to what people are telling you. Uh, A lot of times that criticism comes with a lot of love. You know, people really want to see you in, improve and you have to come from a standpoint that people, you know, want to see you be better, be better all the way around. Um, it's when you think you have all the answers that, you know, and, and people aren't, aren't telling you anything. That's when you kind of start going down the wrong path. You know, we we, t- we, we heard that great example uh, the other day, you know, and I'm, I'm going to kind of talk about this again. Man, if you don't brush your teeth for three days, you know, your nose is right above your mouth, but it's not going to tell you you didn't brush your teeth for three days. But everybody in the room and everybody around you is going to know that. And you may not know that, but they do. And it's up to whether and that's going to be a, a tough conversation maybe for them to have with you. I don't I don't know. But, uh, you know, that's the whole thing. You're not aware of those issues, but everybody around you is. 
Yeah. And so it's important that those people around you have that you've you haven't created an environment of fear where they're they're you know afraid to even mention anything to you. I you think know, that's the first point you want in your workplace to be is that you want to create a workplace where people enjoy their work and they love to come to work. So when you talk about it's about a lot about love, and you go, oh, oh yeah, scoff at that. No, actually, it's it is about that. Yeah, and a lot of people say, I love to go to work. I love the things that we're doing. I love my teammates. I love the leadership. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's where the great culture, great healthy cultures go. And that, and, and you talk to people that have worked in those, they do. They feel that exactly way. Let's wrap it up. John, how do they get a hold of you? And then we'll let uh, Rich bring it home. All right. Well, Michael and, and Rich, thanks once again. Great uh, subject, something we could probably go on for a long time to talk about. Uh, but uh, the listeners can reach me at J. Bert at intelligentleadershipec.com, uh, easiest way. And I'd love to, to chat with you more about this subject or any other leadership topic that you're interested in. John, great. Thank, great having you. He's a smart man. He's a smart man, capable, very experienced. Get a hold of him. He will help you. Rich, all right, we're rounding third. All righty. Hey, once again, uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's been a great show, great topic. And, and like John said, this is something we could, we could talk about for a long time. There are really important aspects of this topic that I think we need to get John back on here and unpack this some more. So once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, make sure you reach out to us. Let's talk and let's get you on the right path. So take care and we'll see you next time. Thank you. All the best. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.